Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Our God is great, and our God is divine. And though he may seem to be four days late, because he is divine, he is on time. And when it seems as if you're down to nothing, then let faith tell you that God is up to something. For no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So let everything that hath breath then praise the Lord. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody has got to say so. You know, somebody has got to give God praise. Because this matter of reality is, is a serious matter. In other words, it is true that we are alive. And we are alive because of him. And so we are giving him the praise that is due unto him. And, uh, you know, when I was a, a younger person, I, I, I used to say, you know, come to think of it, I would like to give my life to God and let him use me the best I can be used. Well, as I grew up among other young people, they started prioritizing. They said they would like to find somebody to love, and then they would like to get married, and, and then they would go to church. You know, after the marriage, of course, they go back to church, and then uh, continue. And so, and then have children, uh, that kind of a priority. They prioritize like that. And, and I said to myself, well, suppose while this person is waiting for the other person to say, yes, I'll marry to you, his life is snatched from him. So what happened? Then I went to an, an island known as Jamaica. And while I was in my tent as a soldier, they, they had something in the building known as a rediffusion. You know, rediffusion, a set. So over that was coming a song. It's like this, what am I living for? If, if not for you. In other words, here's a young fellow singing a song. <laughs> and he is addressing a young lady. He's talking about a young lady. And he's asking, what am I living for if not for you? Bless your heart. Now, that's all that life is all about. Just to live for Somebody that you love? Huh? That's all? Come on, folks. Um, we, we today are existing in a world of changes. We have seen a lot of things happening. 
phenomenal. And the bottom line is, when God gives us strength, the ability to speak, to walk, to think, we should do it to his honor and glory. You know, something like that, the amen should blow the roof off. But I know you folks, you don't want the roof. I can understand. You want to preserve the roof. But I'm saying, brethren, that it's about time that earth people give God the praise that is due unto him. It's about time. Look at where we are. 2013. It's like we are on borrowed time. So when, when would, would some people start to thank God for what he has given them? And especially spirit life. And then he has given us the Sabbath day. Oh, the great Sabbath day. And being our creator with, with the authority of a creator, he said the seventh day is the Sabbath. So now I am his creature. Uh, should I go up and say, are you sure? <laughs> the, the creature is going to ask, are you sure? <laughs> you know, with the authority of a creator, the Lord says the seventh day is the Sabbath. And there can only be one seventh in seven. Remember that? There can only be one seven in seven. And when the creator has spoken, it is final. Oh, you, you, see, you understand the amen I'm talking about? This is what I'm saying. You see, when the creator has spoken, it's final. Yes. But God is good. Don't you worry. And, and then he knows, he knows the people who are on his side. Bless your heart. Listen to me. I used to see some people... You know, jumping up, as a matter of fact, would permit me to say this. One, some of you, if you know anything about um, Kingston Five, yeah, Kingston Five in the Rollington area, yes, uh, Johnson Terrace, and then Smith Street on the other side. Um, I, I paused there one, one evening, and a service, a nice meeting, the folks were having there in a little church. And you should see the folks. I mean, they were on fire, jumping all over, rolling and getting on. And they were really like in the spirit. You understand what I'm talking about? In the spirit. Then I stood up there a little and two, bless your heart, two ladies came along. And one of them looked in and said, eh, you see that one in there? Uh -huh. I tell you, if I tell you how she taking my husband and go, you see that one? <laughs> then the lady inside must have either seen her or heard her. And after that, jumping up, they came out and she grabbed her. I mean, yes. I said, but how can people be so crazy? One time they're praising the Lord and now they're giving the devil all the praise. That they can give him. 
by fighting in the street. Isn't that something? So I'm saying that it's about time that earth people, Elder, it's about time that earth people become aware of the seriousness of the time. And especially the younger people. I'm telling you, it's a long time I've been doing from a little boy. I used to preach to trees. And, and watch them shake in the wind. <laughs> I'm saying, folks, God is good. And you folks do not understand what it means to me to be, to be at Saving Grace. I look forward to it, and while I am driving, coming, I say, Lord, no flat tire, please. I'm gonna, I know all them things to get to saving grace. <laughs> Wonderful people, tell you. I mean, saving grace. Huh? And, and, and the grace really saves you, know, because we are saved by grace. Mm-hmm. Saving grace. All right, somebody might be saying, get on with the sermon. All right. So, so let me just say one more thing before I get on with the sermon. I usually say this, Sister Mills, because some people leave before I'm finished. So I would like for us all to know that the remission of sin is promised only to those who repent. If the man never repents, he's never forgiven. He has got to repent. And the next thing, Obedience is the key to Christian experience. In other words, you don't go around and call yourself a Christian disobeying the Lord. Oh no. Obedience is the key to Christian experience. You don't have a Christian experience without obedience. Oh no. Oh no. And so, let us bow our heads. Our loving Father, we give you thanks for having been so wonderfully good to us. You have opened up the scriptures to us in so many different ways. You have helped us to see the octopus or the ugly mystery of wickedness. As opposed to the glorious mystery of godliness. And in your word we can see the outcome is going to be the thrill of the ages. When the son of man comes. And so, Lord, we want, even if we should fall asleep, we want that by your grace and power, that we, we, Lord, shall rise with those who sleep no more and greet our creator and redeemer. Thank you, Lord, for the hope of a glorious, glorious salvation. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And so... We are going to talk about when we are in Rome. When we are in Rome. You know, when I studied into the history of these empires, you know, Rome became the fourth of the world empires. The fourth one. And... We began with one known as Babylon. You remember that one, though some of you. But I want you to know too that just before 
Babylon came on the scene as a world empire. That nation had to defeat a few of those around. And so the Assyrians had it real rough dealing with the Babylonians. And eventually, eventually Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he was the, 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 the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And, and, and he came along and they defeated the Assyrians and took Nineveh. Oh, yes, you have heard about Nineveh. That was the capital. They took that one, the great capital. A little later, they tried to live on a friendly basis by getting married, you know, to the, the, this prince married to, the, to the, 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 the princess on the other side. And, and they tried to live friendly. But then there was still that present hostility in the area. That happened in B.C. 612. By the turn of B.C. 605, listen to me now, the Babylonians came into power as a world empire. 605 B.C. And under Nebuchadnezzar II, they had a period known as the Golden Age. In other words, when you go to Babylon, you see so many things, items of gold. And that Golden Age lasted 43 years. And Babylon, Babylon coming on the scene from 605, remained in power as a world empire for 66 years. So that the blessed Lord said that there's going to be an overthrowing of empire. Empires are going to go down under. They're going to be oppressed and they're going to be overthrown by other, other stronger powers. So that now Babylon, all those years, 66 years, saturated the world with the Babylonian way of life. But just for 66 years. From 605 all the way down here to 539. 66 years. But because the Lord said that a power is going to succeed or overthrow that power, true to the eternal word of God, it happened. It happened in Daniel chapter 2. Read the entire chapter. It happened. So the next 
kingdom that came along was the Medes and the Persians. They came on in 539 B.C. And they were there for 208 years. Come to think of that. A longer period now. In so much that we have come to, to know of what is known as the, the law of the Medes and the Persians. Can't be changed. Strange, eh? That the, the law of the Medes and the Persians can't be changed. But we would like to change God's law. Huh? Isn't that strange? But I want you to know that is the same reason why Jesus came to earth. Because the law of God can't be changed. So that Jesus had to come and make a way of escape for us. Because the law could not be changed. You know, when we think of the Medes and the Persians, that's one of the things we'll remember. You know, the law, yeah, the law of the Medes and the Persians. You have heard people say that. They didn't stay there for longer than 208 years. Because the Grecians came along. The kingdom of Greece came along. The Grecian Empire. And they came on and took over. Now listen to me now. They came on in 331 B.C. Because that's where the Medes and the Persians stopped. And so the Grecians came along. 331 B.C. And they were there until 168 B.C. Staying on some 163 years. 163 years. Holding on there. Now I want us to understand something. That while the Grecians were there. Their influence also. Saturated the area. And it was known as an empire of what we would call anything goes. Anything goes. It's just a matter of people wanting to exhibit power. And it was all around. I want to be up there. The other fellow wants to be up there. And the next one wants to be up there. Exhibiting the power, man-made power. No, we find the same thing happening in the church. The same thing. If the fellow is not made the head deacon or the first elder, he's, uh, I mean, he, he's righteously indignant. Oh, yes. How dare they not put me in that position, huh? <laughs> but you know what this exhibits, what it brings to light? The nature of mankind. Human nature. Without God, man 
is like a tiger. A tiger. And he can only be tamed by the spirit of God. I'm telling you. You have any tigers um, around you? Hmm? Any tigers? There was a time when they used to speak about a tiger in the tank. In other words, the fellow would drive like a crazy person in the area. And why? Because he had a tiger in the tank. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The nature of the tiger. Mankind sometimes behave like there's a tiger. And so was the Grecian Empire. Just conquering and conquering. Just going, I mean, conquering and conquering. A tiger in the tank. But then they had to come to an end. After 163 years, they had to come to an end. B.C. 168. The Romans came on. Come on now. The Roman Empire came into swing, full swing, and, and started saturating the planet. The then known world was under the Romans. Under the Romans. And the Romans, I mean, whatever the influence was, it was taken all around the world. In Palestine, they were there. Name the place on the planet. The Romans were there. The Romans were there. I mean, even, even over there in England, the Romans were so much there with their influence that even within the church system, even within the church system, the king had to do penance. Oh, yes. Penance. <laughs> he had to go on and stand out there on the cold, on the ice, barefooted because of a wrong that he did. And the Pope corrected him. I mean, the Romans really had it going. Really had it going. Civil and religious. Had it going. And the influence of Rome saturated the world, so to speak, the then known world. For 644 years. No, come on now. I mean, all the others. The first one was there for 66. The second one was there for just 208. The third one for 163. But now look at Rome. 644 years. The entire 
world knew about Rome. So that when the people speak, they say, when you are in Rome, hey, you have got to do as the Romans. Isn't that something? I mean, with 644 years, everybody would know about the principles, the policies, the rules of the Romans. Would know all about that. But I am going to invite us now, after all that, to what is known as a deductive reasoning. Deductive reasoning. Something standing out there, why is it out there? And if it can be where it is, well, another thing perhaps can be where it is too. And, and we're going to give this deductive reasoning now. The record says, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Elder, it says, if any man be in Christ, are you listening to me? Amen. He is a new creature. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans. Well, that's taken. But deductive reasoning now. If any man be in Christ, that man is a new creature. Old things. In other words, those things that caused headache, guilt, remorse, even spiritual inferiority, those things that cause all those headaches are passed away. And I like the word, Brother Ricky, it says, behold. Amen. Oh, bless your heart, look there. If any man be in Christ, look at it. A new creature. All the things are passed away. Behold. Behold, which means look and notice. Behold, the man's life is evidently different. More amen than that. The man's life is evidently different. In other words, the evidences are there for people to see. The neighbors to see. Amen. Your co-workers to see. Amen. All things are gone down the drains. Lord, and behold now all things now. Have become new. Oh the new creature. Why? Because our God. Is in the business of recreating mankind. Amen. In the image of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2. Brother Ricky, let us know about it. Ephesians, or rather, oh, my friend. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Brethren, when we look into Christianity, when we look into what God is doing on this planet, we have got to Get down in humility and say, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. I mean, it, it, is, so, it is so plain. It is said that we, as a people, are created in the image of the blessed Lord, Jesus himself. And, and, and he, with the power that he has, recreating, we, we are made in the image of our blessed Lord. Jesus is working on us. God is doing what he can for us in Jesus. And so we are recreated recreated in Jesus under good works. Good works. So that the blessed Lord has taken us from bad works hmm? unapproved disapproved use the word that is appropriate for bad words bringing us to the place where we can appreciate the work that God is doing so that when we look at the lifestyle of a person who has come to know the blessed Lord there is an evident change an evident change because we have been recreated in Jesus we're different people now. Our names are not just on the nominal role in the church. Not just there. But we thank God every day for, for that privilege, that opportunity that he has given us to make a difference. Amen. Come on now. Amen. To make a difference. We want to make a difference, man. And then when, when, when like in Panorama, our lives, you know, in panorama. This person, you see the, the life of this person. What did he do during his three scores and ten? What kind of a life? Did that person know Jesus? Did he ever know Jesus? Did he ever behave back then like like, like he knew Jesus? Did he ever behave back then as if he knew Jesus? You know what they used to tell me, sister? That um, sermons like these set some of the young people to sleep. Did you know why? Think you know why? I'll tell you why. Because Christianity, in its purity, is a challenge. And there are some young folks who are not yet ready for that challenge. Yeah, they say, well, a little later, like one of my soldier friends, when I preached on how long halty between two opinions, he said, well, you know, um, Libby boy, what you said is, is good, you know. But, but I can't. I can't do that now. Can't do that now. It's not that the church is too strict. It's not that the elders are demanding too much. 
It's just that there are some people who are not ready yet for that kind of challenge. And they won't come out and honestly say so. They're not ready for that kind of challenge. But I'm saying now is the time to be ready for it. Amen. Now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time that God wants us to make a difference. Especially in this present world. Now. The best time to be alive is now. Because we are seeing the fulfillment of prophecy. We are realizing that the Bible is true. And that God is there for us everywhere. Now. And so. The Bible says I call upon you because you're young and you're strong. The Lord wants to use young and strong people. And young people should rally in service for the blessed Lord. In service for him and to him and fellow believers. When we are in Christ it makes a difference. If when you are in Rome you do as the Romans, when we are in Christ we do as Christ does. As a matter of fact, the text tells us very clearly in Philippians. Sister Lavard likes this one. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And to contain himself no repetition, it was made in the likeness of man. He took unto him the position of a servant. Isn't that something? The blessed Lord took unto him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. For what reason? For what reason? To help you and me to understand God, the Father who cares. And the text goes on to say, and being found in fashion as a man. Hmm? And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became what? Obedient unto death. Amen. Even the death of the cross. Think of it. How would we ever make it into God's kingdom without obedience? Without obedience. How? How? Without obedience. It can't be done. And this morning we heard our dear brother mention Romans chapter 12. Very important indeed. I beseech you. Think of the Apostle Paul having an experience with the blessed Lord. Knowing what it means to be in God and with God. He says, I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because it's because of his mercy that, that we are existing. 
He said, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. Well, like some people say, you know, I will die for the Lord. The Lord doesn't really want you to die for him. He wants us to live for him. A living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. Holy and acceptable. That's a challenge. Holy and acceptable. In other words, that lifestyle that God approves is acceptable. Holy and acceptable. Reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. Oh. And be not conformed. The world has crept into the church so much and so swiftly that it's, it, it's so difficult to understand now where some folks are going. Do you know that in some of the churches now, the folks would say, let's forget about ourselves and, you know, consecrate on him, you know, and worship and dance. They want to dance, you know. But they're telling you to forget about self. And self wants to dance. Come to think of it, that's the way the devil puts it. It has them going. But he says, and be transformed, he says, by the renewing of the mind. In other words, the mindset is on intentional obedience to the blessed Lord. The mindset mindset by the renewing of the mind you might know what is that good and acceptable and perfect perfect will of God what the Lord wants us to do the mindset think of it just think of it Getting your mindset on obedience. Mindset means you'll do it later today. I will obey the Lord. Tomorrow morning, by his grace, I will obey the Lord. The next day, I will obey the Lord. A mindset. That's the person who is in Christ now. When you're in Rome, you do as the Romans. Eh? But when you're in Christ, you do as Christ. You're obedient. Even unto death. You agree with me? Even unto death. It's difficult. In this life. But it's possible. Difficult but. Possible. Because the Lord. Jesus Christ. Extending an invitation. Matthew 5 and verse 48. It says. Be ye therefore How do we arrive at perfection in Jesus? It's by staying with him. Learning of him. Learning of him. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. 
The next verse says, take my yoke upon you and learn. Come on, folks. We have got to learn. We go to school to graduate as nurses, doctors, whatever. We have got to also learn of Jesus if we are going to be like him. We got to learn. And he says, learn of me. Because my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Because he makes it light. Come on. He makes it light. I don't know how folks are going to do what they want to do. And still make it into the kingdom. I don't know. But I'm saying. Within the hearing of your voice my voice I am saying to you there's only one way of making it into the kingdom of God and it's by obedience to God himself his revealed will and appropriating the vicarious death of our blessed Lord Jesus he died for us and the essence of an agreement is the offer and acceptance. Don't we know that? The essence of an agreement is the offer and acceptance. And the blessed Lord offers his blood with his strong detergent to wash away every guilty stain. So now we accept the blood. The offer and acceptance. We accept the blood. To have our sins washed away. Oh brethren. What a God. What a God. The question was asked. What more could he do? He gave his life for us. What more could he do? So when we are in Rome. We do as the Romans. When we are in Christ. We do as Jesus Christ does. If I have time, how much more time I have? All right. I will say this much to you with this little time. This is a passage of scripture that is known to most of us, if not all. It comes to us, Elder Clark, from Romans. Romans chapter 8. And beginning at verse 7, it says there that the carnal mind, of course, it starts with because, you know, giving a reason, because. The carnal mind is enmity against God. And is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Come to think of it. Just come to think of it. The carnal, the man who is after the flesh, is not subject to the law of God. He's not business with that. Not business with that. You know, like a fellow who must look over the fence, or the other person over the fence. He's not subject to the law of God. 
neither indeed can be not with that kind of lifestyle oh no <laughs> but then the very next verse it says so then I like that they that are in the flesh cannot please God I mean it is self explanatory they that are in the flesh just cannot please God. <laughs> but I like the next verse though. He said, but they are not in the flesh. Look at all these folks in front of me. They're not in the flesh. Hmm? And back here too. Not in the flesh. He said, but, but they are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If so be. Now look at the condition now. Look at the introduction of the condition. If so be that the spirit dwell in you. <laughs> then it goes on to say, now, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Amen. Isn't that something? Amen. And if Christ be in you, Hey, I like this. The body is dead because of sin. In other words, the, the temptations come, but it finds no positive answer from you. The body is dead because of sin. And the spirit is what? Life! Because of righteousness. This is something you've been practicing. Practicing. Practice makes perfect. And so you keep on every day practicing. And the spirit gives the power to overcome. And you've been overcoming. And you keep on overcoming. Amen. By the grace of God. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? I mean truly wonderful. Oh God. Is great. And we. Do not have. To be worried about what this world does and to give up faith in him we are now to make our faith demonstrative Amen. demonstrate our faith in God be tenacious with it Amen. oh yes and let loyalty to God be admirable let people admire our loyalty to God Amen. that's how it ought to be when the man is in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. We all need to know who the Lord is. In John chapter 10, there at verse 25, the Pharisees. In 24, they say, you must tell us exactly who you are. How long are you going to keep us in doubt? In verse 24. And 25 says, I told you, but he didn't believe me. He said, you, you don't believe me. <laughs> you come to think of it. He says, the works that I do, you know, the great works that I do, they bear witness of me. That the good Lord sent me. Oh, yes. He said, but you... <laughs> He said, you don't believe because you're not of my sheep. Isn't that something? 
So I am speaking today and I am speaking from the word of God. And the person who does not believe what I am saying is the person who is not considered a sheep of the blessed Lord. He said, you don't believe because you're not of my sheep. He said, like I said, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. Come on now. And I know them. Brethren, let us not be mistaken. God knows his people. He knows who is sincere. He knows. He said, I know them and they follow me. Isn't that something? They follow me. A follower of Christ is the one who is in Christ. Following where the Lord leads. They follow me and I give unto them. Look at this now. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Never perish. And no man can pluck them out of my hand. He said that the Father which giveth them me is greater than all. I like that. The Father who has given these followers to him are greater than all. He is greater than all. Is greater. And no man, I like this one now, is able. Notice the word able. And no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Amen. Isn't that something? And then the next verse says, I and the father are one. In other words, the same that the father has in mind for you and me, I have it. Jesus has it for us. I and the father are one. Now I want to show you something now. I want to show you something in closing. That was a truism. He was speaking the truth. Everything was true. And everything was about their redemption. Everything was about the mercy that he came to exhibit. And the next verse says that the Pharisees, he said those people that stood there, come to think of it, took up stones, to stone him again. They picked up stones again. To stone him. It's something they've been doing. When they heard the truth. They've been practicing this thing. And they're doing it again. Yeah. Taking up stones again. To stone him. Hey. <laughs> but he says. He said I showed you. A lot of good works. From the father. Which of them you folks. Stoning me for now. <laughs> Hmm? Which of the good works are you stoning me for? Which? Oh, what a God. But I'm going to close with this verse. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3. It says, how shall we escape? Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. Oh, brethren, how 
shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord himself and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How shall we escape? Is there a way of escape? Can we do what just pleases us and think that that's okay? And we people of accountability? How shall we escape? I tell you, I, I tell you today, you can rejoice. Listen to me. You can rejoice because the Lord has made a way of escape. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. In other words, the old account is settled. And now the person lives a different life in Christ. A new life. Demonstrative. For Jesus. For Jesus. And that's why we're here today. To give him the praise that is due to his name. And if you're happy that Jesus has, has, has brought you from wherever you were. Like the psalmist. Said that he, he brought him from the mire clay. And set his feet upon a rock. Psalms 40. And establishes going. He has put a new song in my mouth. Look at it in Psalms 40. Coming all the way down there. Put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear. And shall trust in the Lord. New creatures. New creatures. And you're happy about that. Would you stand with me for prayer? You're happy that the Lord has made you a new creature. By his grace. By his grace. You're happy. Loving Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you for being so wonderfully good to us. You could have permitted the devil to snatch our lives away from us while we were yet in sin. While we didn't care about righteousness. But because of your mercy, Lord, you spared us and we're happy. Oh, we are beneficiaries of your grace and we're happy. Thank you, Lord, for saving our soul. Thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to us thy great salvation so full and so free. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.